This is the garden party, and we want a garden party with you. We'll talk about the plants we grow and some things you might not know. The garden party. <laughs> like and subscribe. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Garden Party. Uh, this is Thanksgiving week, so uh, why not do a Thanksgiving episode? We're coming to y'all early so y'all can watch this on Thanksgiving, you know, while your uh, your body is swollen with turkey and ham <laughs> and sweet potatoes. Uh, so my name is Destin Nowak, Texas Garden Guy. Uh, yes, I did shave with my wife's razor earlier, so my face is so smooth. It feels so amazing right now. Um, I always like to throw a dumb fact in at the beginning. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and introduce Vikram. Vikram, go ahead and introduce yourself, man. Hi, I'm uh, Vikram Baliga. I am the plant prof, unfortunately, everywhere. Uh, and I'm a professor at Texas Tech University, and I uh, mostly yell about bananas on the internet and five-minute crafts and stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. Go ahead, Janie. Am I, is it Janie or Janie? It's Janie with an N. Perfect. Uh, my name is Janie Santos, and I have my account is called Dig Plant Water Repeat. I live out in California. Um, I like I used to say I was a beginning amateur gardener, but I've been doing this intensely for the past couple of years. So now it's it's kind of become, you know, more than a passion, kind of like an obsession, I would say. So I do YouTube videos five days a week and then dabble a little bit in uh, Instagram. And my focus, I'm a little intimidated to be around all of you because my focus is actually flowers as opposed to vegetables. Um, but Derek said that that was okay. So that, that's, yeah. that's, it's just, just as important. Flowers yeah, are just as yeah. important. I, Absolutely. I <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, five, five videos a week on YouTube. That is insane. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot. It, it, it's full time for sure. But it's, I mean, it, it's so fun. It's, you know, it's my job now. So I get, a, I get a, do what I love for my job. So it's awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Resh, go ahead and introduce yourself. Sure. So hi, everyone. My name is Resh. Uh, my handle on Instagram is at Resh Gala, which is R-E-S-H-G-A-L-A. And um, I'm basically an organic gardener from New Jersey. I design and install edible organic gardens for people. So it's not um, just, you know, landscaping, but it's more like just edibles. Um, and that includes edible flowers, herbs, vegetables, um, things like that. Wow. And apart from that, um, I recently wrote a book, um, which is I going to be that. out December 19th. Oh, it's yes. called, yes, <laughs> I'm so excited. It's called Vegetable Gardening Made Easy. And um, that's currently available on pre-order at Amazon, Target, Barnes & Noble, Walmart, etc. However, um, I guess the most important part of my story is that I'm just an ordinary gardener. I don't have any degree in agriculture or horticulture, things like that. And um, I learned gardening from my own mistakes, like I think you know most people do, right? Absolutely. <laughs> um, and my company is called 100 Tomatoes. Um, which is, you know, an ode to my love for growing tomatoes. So, um, That's awesome. so I would love to, you know, know what all of you do as well. And especially cut flowers sounds so fascinating too. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, I'm on the vegetable side of things. <laughs> <right> <laughs> That's, <now. laughs> That's awesome. Have, 
So uh, I, I work with a company called Vigo Gardens. Uh, they, they make the red metal raised beds. Yeah. I, and uh, <laughs> have, have, have you noticed uh, a, a lot of people incorporating raised garden beds into their landscapes as a landscape designer? Has that been a big thing since like the pandemic? Um, I think it's been a huge thing um, because I think most of us, we can attest to the fact that our native soil isn't perfect especially you know here in new jersey we have a very heavy clay soil if you live elsewhere it could be very you know sandy so um it's hard to amend your soil naturally and organically and if you do add compost and things like that it can take several years before you get the perfect organic soil that's right for growing veggies easily and i think most home gardeners especially they want um you know instant gratification i think all of us do in every aspect of life right mm -hmm. um and so um for them to have success i would highly recommend that they grow in raised beds and i think that's what is the trend right now um that you can just customize your soil that you put in your raised beds and then get started like right away so it's you, you, a much you, easier way to grow yeah you mean you can't just put eggshells and banana peels in your soul and it's just automatically <laughs> that's what TikTok says you just put Overnight. a bunch of, you know, 20 minutes just, I, good to go <laughs> oh i wish i wish that was the case but i do i do collect eggshells in fact just day before yesterday i put some pulverized eggshells but in my compost bin but not in my raised beds because then the worms love it and you know it breaks down faster and then when you add that compost to your garden it's a little bit more you know nutrient rich see i i've heard i've heard eggshells are probably the biggest one for me i've heard a lot of conflicting data on yeah. eggshells um I, th I think we talked about this last a couple episodes ago uh but Eggshells take a long time to break down. Mm -hmm. um, one of the one of the many benefits of eggshells is kind of like with diatomaceous earth. That if you put it out, I guess the like the ants and certain slugs and worms it it damages them when they like try to go across it. Um, and so someone was saying that eggshells can have a more of a benefit like that. Uh, slugs and snails don't. But then they were saying someone else had told me that if you were to put eggshells like in your compost. They can have the same effect. It actually it could it could hurt earthworms in the compost unless they were like completely pulverized. I guess I don't know. Is it, what do, what do you think, Vikram? You're the debunker. <laughs> uh, I think that um, if you're composting well, you know you're, it's fine. I think uh, breaking down things into the smallest pieces possible before yeah. you put them in your compost is going to speed the process, kind of regardless of what you're putting in. Yeah. Um, in fact, you know, the, the, there are these companies that sell these like countertop composter. That's what I use. Things. Yeah. And, and that's the basic idea, right? They're pulverizing whatever's in there into the, to smaller and smaller and smaller bits, trying to speed the process along. And there's some, again, conflicting data about, you know, are we calling this like how, how quickly is that still releasing nutrients? Cause you still have to have microbial activity and all that. But right. um, I'm a big proponent of, yeah, throw your eggshells and stuff into your compost. Just yeah, I, I just crush them up. You know, I don't necessarily even pulverize them, and I'll mix them in. And and as long as I think you're turning it and all of that, as it works its way down, it'll start to to crush up and get a little bit finer as you go. Yeah, for sure. I'm 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 more of a propo I'm more of a proponent of keeping it out of the landfill. If I can, I yeah. mean, if it, you know, that that's totally. my thing. Since I started using like my uh, raised bed composters. I've really cut down on a lot of stuff that goes in my trash can. I probably cut my trash down like 30%. Like I, I want to say it's, I, I know some people 
say don't shred your cardboard and put it in the compost. I still do. Um, and that's cut out of going into the, to the landfill as well. Um, so it, I've heard, I've heard differing things about cardboard as well. And, you know, newspaper, I've seen a bunch of videos of people not using cardboard in their gardens anymore. I think, um, for just to go back to the eggshells, I always, I've learned that if you're doing vermicomposting, like worm composting, eggshells are actually super important for vermicomposting. Yeah. Um, and so I actually have, a. uh, vermicomposter that I'm going to put under my sink and I'm saving my shells that I'm going to blend in my blender. But don't quote me on this. I I don't think it's food, but I think it's like grit that they need for that okay. to, yeah. to hmm. continue things kind of going, like working through the, you know, the digestive right. tract. That's, that's what I've always heard that's really important for eggshells for worms. So I think, Rish, I think that's what you were saying, right? I, I mean, that's yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, okay. you're 100% right. Um, I did a post recently about, you know, using eggshells in my compost. And exactly right. The grittiness, when you pulverize it, essentially, in like a coffee grinder. So it's yeah. like a fine powder. Of yeah. course, you know, number one, anything that's, you know, cut down into smaller bits helps it break down faster, of course, right. which is what all of us want, right? Bill, are you there? Can you hear us? I can hear you guys. Okay. okay. Oh, right. well, you're very that, small on my screen. It, it's it says Phil's. It says <laughs> it says Phil's figure is what it says. Oh my gosh, I'm having one of those days, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Don't worry well, about it. It's almost Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's so and guess what? I didn't even travel. I did. I went oh, no. Still here. Oh my goodness. Well, I, I, he's late, but I guess better late than never. Phil, welcome in, dude. Uh, this is Janie and and I want to pronounce it right. Raish, Raish yes. is correct. Perfect. And then and then you know Vikram. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Janie, right. Raish, so nice to meet you guys. Nice I am to meet you, very, very nice to meet you too. <laughs> it's okay. I, it was mostly yeah. I just had my fig tree. It, you know, I had to blame myself as a parent because I was waiting to get pizza and someone ordered it and it was just really packed in there and non-negotiable my son had to be spider-man and so we were sitting i was sitting there with spider-man for more than i needed Aww, to oh that's very but sweet he, okay he you're, was excused. A you're excused you're yes. excused Phil, for that <laughs> uh, if i was a kid i would dress like spider-man every day if i could. every day well, then every day that's george for you so <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, Fig, since you're late, I'll go ahead and let you introduce yourself real quick and then we'll we'll get back to putting stuff in compost. Oh, <laughs> perfect. Okay. Hey everyone, sorry I'm late. It's Phil from Phil's Figs on Instagram and occasionally YouTube. And I'm stoked to be here yet again. It's always a pleasure and it's always an honor. Thank you, sir. Welcome. All right. <laughs> so eggshells in the compost race i'm sorry who is talking about the eggshells in the compost i i i don't know i for, you you really screwed us up here phil listen i put too many no. eggs in the compost too so i just <laughs> i'll fall on the sword all hour just let me know. Oh my. We, we were talking talking about calcium i think in the in yeah. the compost material and into the soil and yeah it can it does add some calcium into it as they break down and other stuff as well and depending on where you are that could be like super important uh, where where I am, we actually limit some things that we put into our compost and other materials to, to reduce the amount of calcium we put out. We have very high pH soils, lots of calcium carbonate in the soil. 
So we have to kind of manage our inputs into the soil a little bit, even with our inputs into compost, because it can mm -hmm. change our, our soil dynamics and actually make like nutrient binding worse. But yeah, if you're in a clay soil, if you're somewhere with a lot of leaf material on the ground, all that, uh, the more calcium, the better. It's going to help solve a lot of problems. Do y'all collect like scraps from the, like, the cafeteria at the university, like for the compost or how does that work? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I laugh because we've had that conversation about like, we should be composting on a large scale. And, you know, we talked to um, some different folks around campus about it and they were like, well, this regulation and that regulation, I'm like, okay, I, I'm not, I don't want yeah. to fight about this, but uh, that is something that as we try to, green our university and world a little bit better those kinds of things are you know becoming options and uh, you know there's a, a new recycling center they just put in on campus or collection site on campus and oh I think, that's cool i think we're gonna get there uh but that's a it, at the university level especially one the size of ours like the ship turns pretty slowly yeah um and so we're 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 working on those things yeah, there's a lot of bureaucratic stuff that's got to happen behind the scenes to make certain things. Uh, speaking of like large scale, uh, I had heard, so we have a trash can and a recycling can that comes every other Thursday. Did y'all hear like that they were like saying studies say only like 30% of everything that goes like in your recycling can actually goes through recycling center? Yeah, I know. Worst numbers than 30. Oh. Mm -hmm. heard yeah. I'm, being, I'm being optimistic with 30. Oh, yeah. it's and so I, sad. Yeah, all the plant pots. Right. Every single black mm -hmm. plant pot just missed. Right. They can't get it. So that's why a lot of companies are changing to lighter plant pots that I heard, you know, which I think is helps a little, but still, still rough to see that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I think not. one of the one of the messages all of us could give out for Thanksgiving, especially when everybody's going to be cooking these large dinners for their family is to you know, don't throw it in the dustbin, instead compost all the veggie scraps, fruit peels, whatever best you can, you know, so important. And I think when we start at the individual level, and that's how it kind of builds and grows, right? Because it's hard to change the systems. But if you start from the bottoms up, I think that's, you know, much more impactful. Uh, at least, you know, yeah. I, I think the answer is chickens, like to a lot of that. I think more oh. people should have chickens, you okay. know, because oh. a, a lot of the times, you know, you watch these guys like Justin Rhodes and stuff and Joel Salatin and the chickens and the pigs will do the composting for you. Mm. You know, you're just throwing your scraps out there. They're flipping it and rotating it and stuff. Uh, my subdivision does not allow me to have chickens, uh, but I feel like it should be illegal, like for everybody to have like at least three chickens, you know, like I think, I think, I think there was like a study in Sweden. It was Belgium. Where Belgium. Where, yeah. You know exactly. Yeah. So they offered everybody in one city three free chickens. And like uh, they were sharing with their neighbors and uh, trading for like with eggs for other items. And it was a really cool idea. You know, that's, that's, I think more people should have chickens. I want chickens. If I could, if I could beat my HOA, um, I'm already pushing it with a giant greenhouse in the back. Uh, you know, so I'm, I really wish it's a shed. It's basically a giant shed. It's a shed. Yeah. So I have a question for you all. Yeah. I have a question for you all about composting. I've recently moved from a neighborhood to about an acre out here uh, in California. And the property I moved on has the tumbling composters 
um, mm. some old ones, but I was thinking about when I was moving out here to make one of those three bin composters that you turn over. Do you all have opinions on what method you like better? The three bin, I like the three bin better. Mm. Okay. It's, it's going to be a more complete rotation. Um, you, you can do a three bin, but you can even expand it to more than that. Um, but the, the, the tumblers are nice. The tumblers are nice. If you have like a small backyard, uh, yeah. you know, put it on your patio, it will leak out some nasty stuff, but you can put a bin under there and actually like collect compost teeth as yeah. well. Uh, um, one of the cooler ones I've seen is uh, a guy, uh, Jason Smith that sowed the land. He had this IBC tote and he raised it up on cinder blocks and he actually filled it with worms and would throw like his scraps and stuff into the IBC tote, mix it up. And then he had the IBC tote with the nozzle on the bottom and the mm -hmm. bucket would drain like all the compost tea into like a bucket. Oh, you know, interesting. So, like, so he, and he would do like the inline, uh, the inline compost, uh, what is it called? Uh, whenever he does his inline water system, he mm. would infuse that compost into it. Uh, oh, so there's, wow. a bu there's a bunch of different ways to do it. Um, mm -hmm. I, I just feel like if I had the option, chickens, I would just have a, a, a deep, <laughs> a deep wood chip, you know, coop and be tossing stuff in there all the time yes. and flipping it. You go out there with like a pitchfork and flip it and they'll just scratch around and do all the work for you. Um, it's so, easier. It's easier said than done, I guess. I don't know. I don't, I don't have them. I wish I. I wish I did. I wish I had some so, so three bins and as many chickens as you can handle. <laughs> yes. like it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. My neighbor, my neighbor has a dozen chickens, and we got rid of all of our Halloween pumpkins with those chickens. They wow. went in and they'll, shredded them up, and it was awesome. And you're like, that is like they'll a eat, bin bin right there. They'll oh, eat yeah. just about anything. Like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Little velociraptors, like they'll, they'll eat whatever they can get. It. They will eat other chickens. chickens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, I agree. Like, I think if you can do it and if you have the time to manage it, um, it a three bin system is, or a, a multiple bin system is the way to go. You, okay. uh, again, get a more complete product and you always have something that you're feeding instead of just feeding the same yeah. thing. And sort right. of like you can have a finished product down at the end, but it does take more time. It does take more effort and space, like you're saying. And, you know, that's so awesome that you have, like, the space yeah. to do it now. Now I have the space. Thank you. So yeah. now I have the space, but then there's these, you know, spinning composters here, and it's like, oh, what do I do? So They're fine. Like, they work. Yeah. So I'm a little bit biased, I would say, just because I have two tumbling composters oh, okay. at home All in right. my backyard. And I love them. They work so effectively. I think one is a Yimby, which is how I started, you know, which is like the less expensive version. And okay. that has been creating like cold compost for me, which is mm. like, is also a good thing, you know, because it's high in fungal activity. And oh, then cool. I have the Jora composter. So I graduated to that one and that creates hot compost. And it literally turns my kitchen scraps and uh, things like that into compost in literally maybe four months, the Jora. Wow. And so I, the reason I like it is number one, it looks, you know, like if you have an acre, of course, you know, and you have mm -hmm. the time, then you can do that three bin system. But if you don't have that time commitment, mm -hmm. you want it to look a certain way and, you know, animals or raccoons and things like that aren't an issue where they can get in <laughs> into your compost pile. 
um, then I guess, you know, for me, tumbling composter is good because it's safe, it's secure, it looks aesthetically pleasing and um, it does the job, you know. So mm -hmm. if you have one on your property, then use it okay. and see how that goes and then oh. maybe add from there, I would suggest. Yeah. Okay. Good advice. And Thank you all. And, and the embed ones like Vigo makes or Subpod, those are good options too. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a whole lot. There you go. The, 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 the Vigo, Vigo uh, I, I actually, I used mine for a laundry hamper for a while until I actually put it in the, in the, uh, it's in the bed. It's just sitting in my office here. I gotta, I gotta get it outside. <laughs> well, we've been talking about how tomorrow's Thanksgiving. So I want to give you an opportunity to talk about your favorite sides. Uh, your favorite dishes. Uh, we'll start with Vikram. You're right here at the top. So tell oh, me. No. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, should I go? I'll, I'll go counterclockwise. Raish, I'll let you talk about your favorite Thanksgiving uh, so side or it's... entree or whatever. Sure. So um, just, you know, quick disclosure, I'm vegetarian. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, you know, I grew up in India, not really celebrating Thanksgiving, but now to be honest, out of all the other celebrations and, you know, occasions, Thanksgiving is my most favorite. You know, it tops even, um, you know, anything else, I would say, just because it has that warm feeling where the family gathers together and mm -hmm. everybody's cooking something. And um, so being vegetarian, one of the main items that I usually make every year, and my kids requested actually, is a vegetable pot pie. And um, every dish that I make, I try to use something or the other from the garden. And I like making this vegetable pot pie, especially on Thanksgiving, because then I have butternut squash that I recently harvested. And, you know, some of the items that store really well, I have the butternut squash, I have potatoes, I have sweet potatoes, onions. Um, and those are things that I harvested from the garden that are still in my pantry storing really well. And I can incorporate those things into my, you know, main course. And so even though it may not be 100%, you know, garden-based uh, a dish, it still has these little, you know, nuances from the garden. And so it just feels, it just makes me feel very happy. No, so, that, that, that's awesome. Yeah. So the vegetable pot pie is going to be my main course tomorrow. And so I've already prepped that today. And um, for the salad, I love to have like a fennel and mandarin orange salad. Oh, uh, which is just delicious. Great. It's got a little bit of champagne vinegar. And um, also, you know, I, I head out to my garden, which it's November right now. But luckily, you know, I cover it with hoops and some farm grade plastics. I'm able to extend my growing season. So I still have lettuce growing in the garden. So I'm going to go out tomorrow, you know, harvest some of the lettuce from the garden and use that along with the fennel, mandarin, oranges and, um, you know, make a nice dressing with OJ, you know, and some vinegar and things like that and sprinkle that. Oh, so refreshing. It oh sounds amazing. So good. And then my daughter is going to be making a rosemary and garlic focaccia using Yay. the garlic <laughs> and rosemary from the garden. So we have a little, little, you know, um, garden stuff everywhere. So I don't want to see pictures it, but... about this tomorrow. I want to see all yeah, the pictures. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see. I, I, I keep I, I keep seeing everybody like it seems like every homesteader has gotten into making bread lately and a lot of the focaccias mm -hmm. and like it seems like they oh, need yeah. like a sourdough starter or whatever I would love to get into it I need to be eating less bread though um, <laughs> uh, but like uh, that's that's like my favorite is like pizza pasta bread uh, uh, but that sounds amazing everything oh, sounds good, like 
Thank there you. are worse things. Yeah, I could be addicted to crack, you know, but I like, <laughs> I like, I like, I like, uh, I like uh, pizza a lot better. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, I want to see those pictures tomorrow very much, very much. 100%. I will be sharing that. <laughs> yes. I, I've seen like a fennel mandarin salad. I, 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 I follow a lot of, I don't know if y'all know who Maddie Matheson is on like YouTube. Uh, he had a show on Vice for a long time, but he did like a salad like that. And I was like, that looks really good. I'm like, I'm looking for, I want to see that. I want to see that salad. Thank you. Phil, Phil, I know, I know you got some Italian roots. Let me know what your, let me know what, let me know what your family's doing <laughs> for Thanksgiving. The, the family, <laughs> bada boom. <laughs> we, I mean, honestly, we're, we're going over to my mom's and my mom's side's very German. So <laughs> Oh, we, I grew up with like pork and sauerkraut and sometimes we do like pot roasts instead of turkey. So, but generally Brussels sprouts are on the list, but we've talked about Brussels sprouts so many episodes now. Just, no, you're good. <laughs> Talk about them. I love Brussels sprouts. But I'm always like Brussels sprouts with some meat in there and you toss it all together, get it nice and like crispy on the outside. And then you douse it with some nice oils and you're like, that's pretty straightforward and easy for us. That's always something I look forward to outside of like pumpkin pie. And if you make pumpkin pie from scratch with your, like your sugar pumpkins, but yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I didn't know. So when I was, when I was in the air force, I was deployed and I'd had pumpkin pie before, but I never had sweet potato pie and they were in the same like little glass refrigerator. And I, I didn't know which one was which. So I just got one and pumpkin pie and sweet potato pie taste almost exactly the same. But I like mm -hmm. sweet potato better. Like mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm a big sweet potato guy. Y'all know if y'all saw my video of my giant one. It's finally <laughs> cured. Um, um, but I, I'm gonna make. I think I'm gonna try to make a sweet potato pie out of that. It was. I think I weighed. I weighed it when I first picked it, and I think it was like seven pounds. Oh boy! Oh, wow, that's a big sweet potato. It was like it a newborn child. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was huge, man. It was big. But I, I actually, my wife was cleaning out the pantry the other day, and I put it in there in September. And she pulled out this paper bag, and she's like, "What is this?" I was like, "Oh, that's my sweet potato." I'd totally forgotten about it. It's it's good to go um, because apparently I I didn't know that if you just pull a sweet potato out of the ground. It's not going to taste very good. You got to let them cure before mm -hmm. they taste good. So, um, well, I won't bogart the side, the Thanksgiving meals. J Jamie, tell me about your Thanksgiving. So, um, yeah, I I live in California. My family lives in California, but my family's roots are actually from Texas. And mm -hmm. um, so uh, most of our family meals are Texas-based, right? And one of the the best things that my family is obsessed with, and I'd be interested if uh, you're familiar with this, is corn casserole. I know uh, what corn casserole is. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, like, my family's obsessed with corn casserole. And I'm embarrassed to say, <laughs> plug your ears, <laughs> it's canned corn and then creamed canned corn. And then, you know, a little bit of fresh onions, a little bit of fresh bell pepper, and then saltines sprinkled on top and a bunch of cheese and butter and all that. And yeah. we are obsessed we absolutely love it um I'm, I'm, I'm a little i'm a little white trash so i know exactly what you're talking about i know exactly what it's you're the talking most about. texas thing yeah yeah, yeah well, can't stop coagulates you know that's what you I, need go ahead, go ahead Rich. Yeah, uh, i have a cowboy caviar and you know like all all the texas stuff <laughs> like hardcore so 
that's that's the big thing that we absolutely love here in our family. And I've gotten every you know everybody that comes in that marries into the family learns to love corn casserole just as much as my family does. <laughs> It, it sounds like the ultimate comfort food, no? It, it yes. is. It yeah. is. Oh my gosh, yeah. That's the one thing that's always gone immediately. It's the first thing that's always gone. And we'll make like four pans of it and it'll just, it'll be gone. No one, no the, one wants the turkey. <laughs> the, you know, that, that goes back to like, I, I always come up with ideas and I have no follow through. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to put, um, corn and macaroni together. I wanted to do, I feel like corn, the sweetness of corn and like macaroni baked with like a, uh, um, like a good, like panko, uh, cracker crust, like mm -hmm. in the oven would taste really good together. So like, I, I that's kind of sounds similar and it's kind of yeah. my taste buds. Yeah. It's, yeah. No, it it does sound good. I'm excited about it. <laughs> Absolutely. It's very good. <laughs> And and the and the cowboy caviar is good stuff. I don't I can't do too much spicy, but yeah. it, it's a we, we we make pepper jelly, which is very similar. Mm -hmm. It's just yeah. without it's, you know cowboy caviar is going to be the like the the candied jalapenos. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and pepper jelly. What we do is we take the pepper jelly, we take a block of cream cheese, you pour the jelly on top, Ooh, and then yum. it's a, and then it's Ritz crackers and the yeah. cream cheese on top, and then you eat it however you want. And it's yeah. like I said, yeah. Uh, that's yeah, Thanksgiving for us. That is totally Thanksgiving for us. So awesome. that's awesome. <laughs> well, Vikram, what is what is your favorite dish? So I also come from an Indian family. I'm a lifelong Texan, but my parents are from India, and so we've done uh, chicken curry for <laughs> Thanksgiving before. Um, which actually today sounds really good. It was kind of it's a nice day here, and like I, I don't know. Uh, but we actually like I, I don't love turkey. Like we have decided as a family that we don't love turkey. So yeah. we'll do a hen sometimes or even like a brisket. Oh. Like my, my stepdad loves to smoke a brisket and he'll go out there and, you know, I, I like to, yeah. I like to sleep. And so like the, the staying up all night thing, this doesn't work for me anymore, but, uh, so we'll do that. But I'm also a big fan of sweet potatoes. So we do a lot of sweet potato dishes. Um, not the like, well, we have, but like the, the marshmallow ones, that is not so much, but we'll do either baked sweet potatoes or casseroles. We've even done like roasted sweet potato mm -hmm. uh, fries and things. Um, so I actually own a little peach orchard. And in the oh. past, we would do a lot of like peach preserves and uh, uh, peach pies and things like that. We didn't make a crop this year because of the weather and a few other things. But um, so we did a lot of peach stuff. I, at some point, managed to get myself like shoehorned into the dessert guy corner. Uh -huh. So I'm always in charge of desserts. So this year I made a salted caramel apple pie oh, and, oh a, and a rye whiskey praline pecan pie. Oh my God. Can I come I think if you eat two pieces, it literally kills you. But uh, yeah, I'm the dessert guy. I don't know how that, like how I got there, but I've started experimenting more. <laughs> Yeah, our our uh, our go to dessert for and like I said, I grew I grew up a little bit white trash. It's called uh it's called Better Than Sex Cake. And it's a <laughs> it's a graham cracker crust. It's like vanilla pudding, chocolate pudding, vanilla pudding, chocolate pudding, whipped cream, pecans, and it's just like it's it's, it's 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 really good, but, and, and I've I've heard it called a bunch of different things. But that's like our go to. But here in Texas, you got to have the pecan pie. Yeah. Um, uh, my wife did. Um, she did a uh, 
a pumpkin cheesecake mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, and that was really good. Um, but yeah, you throw pumpkins and pecans in there, and in Texas, you're it's a win, you know. Especially if you add like a a, bur- a bourbon glaze or a whiskey hint to it, you know, like you can't go wrong at all. Yeah, and we we have uh, we harvested all the pecans off of one of our trees, and uh, my wife was like, "I'll shell them." She likes repetitive tasks like that. Me too. So I was like, "Good," because my brain will dissolve and drool. <laughs> I, I can't. I don't have the attention span for it. Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, that's that's why you see all my propagation videos. I uh, I propagated about seventy five hibiscus trees earlier. It's just oh, strip, strip, wow. dip, strip, dip, and poke in the ground. Yeah, you know, I love those monotonous, you know, you know, uh, tasks that would like if you if it was a career, you pay you get paid like eight dollars an hour to do <laughs> um, stuff like that. Like it's 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 a good time though. But I really like what Rach was saying about you know just I mean. If, if you can just supplement one thing you grow, like if you just grew butternut squash and that's one thing you don't have to buy from the store, mm-hmm. that's, such an, that's such an important thing uh, that people, especially nowadays, um, can incorporate into their Thanksgiving day and every meal, you know, uh, especially the butternut squash because they're so easy to grow. A lot of them are, are, are SVB resistant as well, right? Is, is it the, uh, the butternuts that are squash vine borer resistant for the most part or is the acorn? I, I, I know I there's know, a couple actually. strains that aren't as they don't get hit as hard by the vine borers, and I thought it was butternut squash. Um, I, mm-hmm. I don't know if you had the, that issue with your butternut squash or your I, yeah. Well, luckily I've not had an issue with the squash vine borers for the butternut squash. Um, but what I generally uh, do is, you know, I like I love to grow garlic, and because I'm in the northeast, I'm in like a zone six B where it's like colder, it snows, etc. You know. So usually I plant my garlic in fall, harvest it in July. And then when I pull out the garlic, I put in um, the butternut squash seedlings. Mm. And that, so like early July, like late June, early July, when I plant the butternut squash, then I'm able to time it beautifully. So I get the harvest right before the frost comes in like, you know, late October. So um, yeah, and it stores well. So, but yeah, I haven't had an issue with the, uh, the best, but I do have like a mega problem with cucumber beetles, <laughs> which is, oh, uh, it's the worst. Burst. It's like, it's gone. Phil, you know about that? Yeah, I know exactly uh, about that. Yes. And it's like, and you, you they uncover don't just eat cucumbers. Yeah. And then I, you turn it around. It's like, <clears throat> I almost gave up on cucumbers because I was having such an issue. The bugs get really bad here in the Southeast. Uh, okay. And it can just like, I have a, such a great spring. And I grew up in the Northeast outside Philadelphia in the Amish country. And I was used to growing all summer, but summer hits here, it's scorching hot, the bugs come out and it's just, I'm, I'm learning from all the Texans here how, how to navigate that world. But I wait till fall and everything kicks back into gear again. So I get like a dual growing season. Well, the only thing I've found that works on the, well, there's a couple of things I've found that work in the cucumber beetles, but uh, there's only... You can pyrethrin has been the only thing I've found that works on the cucumber beetles that will penetrate that hard exoskeleton. The neem mm-hmm. oil doesn't work. The BT doesn't work. The insecticidal soap doesn't work. Um, yeah. It's it's pyganic. You can get organic pyrethrin. Mm-hmm. That's been the only thing. Um, but I had such a hard time with them a couple of years ago. Um, but since I, I I rotate my sprays, I do neem oil weekly uh, when I have a full garden. Right now, it's all gone. Um, but I, I do neem oil weekly and then I, uh, I rotate 
I'll do like BT one week and then I'll do like in, uh, 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 pyrethrin and then I'll do like spinosad. But then I keep rotating through every three weeks. I'm doing something different. Uh, and if I have something uh, like an, like an issue with a certain thing, I'll throw some insecticidal soap in there as well. Uh, but I haven't found that the like the squash vine borers or the squash bugs have built up an immunity to the neem oil. They, they, they'll build up an immunity to like the spinosad and the pyrethrin if you keep it hitting them every single week. Um, so oh, it's been that rotation uh, that I've been doing. That's um, been, been pretty helpful. I, I went like full organic just out of like sheer lack of energy and time this fall. And so I just, I had the worst squash bug infestation. I had uh, cucumber beetles and I was like, well, let them have their fun this fall in the spring. I'll hit them hard again. And then, you know, we'll go back to growing. I, I was, I was done. I, I went, I, I went so hard this year on videos and everything that I, I don't think people realize when they watch our videos, how long it takes us because a normal task, like planting seeds, you know, you walk out there, you plant a squash seed five seconds, but right. if you're videoing it, it takes five to 10 to 20 times as long to go and do a process, you know, and especially if you work a full-time job and you're doing that, it's so wild. Um, oh my how gosh, much time I, couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. I just couldn't. In fact, I have so many gardening tasks that I know I have to do and I know that I can do, but I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it yet until it's the perfect moment to film it. You know? So yes. it's, uh, you know yeah. yeah. No, it's, it gets exhausting sometimes. And Janie, you make five videos a week on YouTube. Wow. Are, are yeah. those, That's amazing. Are, are those fully, are those like fully edited videos or are mm -hmm. they? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. My, on average, my videos are about 20 minutes long. Um, wow. Yeah. I mean, they're not like, uh, they're a lot of them are vloggy video, vlog type videos, mm -hmm. like what I'm doing in my garden today, you know, and things like that. So it's not all how to, you know, and that kind of stuff. Um, I try and incorporate some of that stuff just from what I've learned. Uh, and, but you know, it's, it's easier than it sounds, you know, it's not five how to videos per week. That would be, I couldn't do that. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> do you have a team of people or do you do the editing also yourself or do you no, have... I do it all myself? Yeah. Wow. I do it all myself. Yeah. Good on you. Yeah. Somebody asked me if I if I had someone who edited my videos. I was like, dude, are you out of your mind? There's no way. I, I was wish. like, no, I, I, I you gotta take it as a compliment, man. Dude, <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think I can handle it. I'm too OCD. Like I, everyone, I like everyone. I thinks like my husband edits my videos. He's like, well, my, like your ooh. husband does such a good job editing your videos, and I'm like, what? <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> My wife films most of my videos. She's oh, usually my cameraman. Uh, she's gotten nice. really, she's gotten really good uh, at that. Um, but no, she does not. Do, she don't do any editing. I, I, I you know, uh, and and I, I guess I guess uh, YouTube has got to be like one of the harder markets to get into, mm -hmm. uh, you know, because it's already so saturated. But like you said, like you're doing those vlogs like five days a week, you can really build an audience, and people are getting to know you and they know what they expect. And that's kind yes. of like the ideal way to get it going on YouTube is to build that audience. And people want to see this like kind of the same thing, like the same intro every day, like, Oh, going out, check chickens. We're yeah. doing this, you know, yeah. and, you know, they, they kind of get in a, a pattern. They want to see the certain things. Yeah. And I think of it as I'm telling a story 
I'm telling my story, right? Um, my gardening journey. You know, I started off being a very novice gardener and not very confident. And then, um, you know, like went through the Master Gardener program and filmi filming that, my reaction Are to you that. One of those? I'm one of those, yeah. <laughs> but but because I had no other way to learn, you know, how to do things, you know what I mean? And so just taking people through my, like my day-to-day, -day, you know, life and my gardening life, that's, that's kind of how I approach it. Um, you know, and people seem to really like it because they can relate to not knowing everything you know what i mean oh yeah so yeah well that's that's usually my response to people they tell me uh when are you gonna buy some land when are you gonna get a big old farm when are you gonna do all this i was like well i think the reason people relate to me is because everybody has a small backyard yeah. more, more more people than not have a large like a small backyard and they have to make the best of the space they have so rather than me going out and buying 10 acres, I can use what I have and use it efficiently and show people how they can make it work in small spaces, you know, like the south side of my house, which would be ideal to put certain plants. There's a two-story house in front of it. Like I uh -huh. get, no, there, nothing can grow there. Um, so like, it, it's nice to have, like you were saying, people follow along as you grow and then people seeing your circumstances and being able to relate with you as Relating. well. Relating, yeah. yeah. I think that that's what people are looking for. They're not looking to watch a you know completely scripted show that everything is perfect and beautiful. They want to see your your two-story neighbor and say, I have that too, you know? <laughs> or they want to see me kill everything that I plant, you know what I mean? So... <laughs> <laughs> It's a learning experience, guys. <laughs> That's a good reminder for when all the fig cuttings that I destroy that I got to film that because I have like a nice graveyard <laughs> out back. Well, I have gotta, hundreds of gotta... figs, but I also have hundreds of dead fig cuttings out back too. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. There you go. Oh. And show that, right? Mm -hmm. right, yes. right? Well, you should, when you're in California, stop by I, my new property. There's a massive, mass. I mean, I'm talking like... 20 foot tall, 20 foot wide fig tree on it. And oh, it man. Oh, questions. Oh, questions goodness. now. When, what kind when, of figs are they? Hey, Can we dive into it, this? Is this fig time? When it, whenever my buddy, <laughs> wait, if, my wait, buddy wait, wait, wait. if my buddy the fig hunter sees this, oh, he's going to be sending you. He lives in, Sacra, he lives in Sacramento. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, and uh, he yeah, travels. That's like, he, that's like 15 minutes away from me. Oh, you're screwed. He's coming to your house. <laughs> <laughs> Teach me about my he's already <laughs> yeah yes he already so, on his way so he <laughs> has dis he has discovered over two thousand different varieties of figs oh, and wow. going wild in California on the side of like overpasses like it's crazy like it's, it's crazy yeah it's and, yeah. and they and they grow wild there because I mean I guess they're not wild they're they're I guess they would technically be an invasive you know over in California. I don't uh, know if the class the fake wasp well, was introduced, man, right? So then I'm I'm call, I'm calling the kettle black. I use the word invasive for figs. <laughs> I get so many people calling invasive on my videos. I gotta stop using that term for like everything. Oh uh they are they're not na native, non-native figs growing. That's what I need to use. So, so I don't know, Phil, I don't know what variety I have. Um the with with was sounding very naive. It looks like the variety that you get in the grocery store. <laughs> they cool. look exactly like that. And they okay. taste better than that, you know? Probably, um, if they're but, caprified. 
Yeah. yeah I mean, they're, they're incredible. They're so good. My freezer's filled with them right now. Do you know, just cause I had oh, so many, I couldn't, I couldn't, awesome. I just, yeah. Wow. I, I mean, it was like, I, I just can't keep up with it. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. yeah, you're welcome to come. Absolutely. Take cuttings. <laughs> I'll, I'll take a ton of cuttings. We'll, well figure it out. Me and so uh the fig hunter does like a fig festival in mm-hmm. the like I think it's in the spring or summer. And me and Phil are definitely gonna try to make out for that and be judges. Yep. Uh so we might actually be able to do that. Come by. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Actually I want to go to the fig festival. Oh yeah. yeah it's <laughs> it's he, he uh it's like Figapalooza or something. I don't know what it is. <laughs> like, it uh, if it's not it Figapalooza, it's gonna be Figapalooza. It should be. It should be. If you can add Alooza to anything, it, it's it's better. It's better. It's a missed opportunity if it's not that. Oh my goodness. Hey, I was gonna ask, since I've got two authors in the chat, so how does someone go to like I wanna write a book to getting a book made? Like, hmm. do, do you write the book? I know yours is a children's book and yours is a, a like a beginner gardening book. Uh, but maybe y'all can explain, like, how does someone like get a book published? Like, how does that work? Uh, I, I can go first. My, my uh, experience was a little bit different. Um, so I worked with a publisher out of the UK called Neon Squid. They're a uh, an imprint of Macmillan Books, which is one of the largest publishing houses and they're fairly new, like two years old, and they do nonfiction for kids. Okay. And so they, uh, my editor had actually sort of pitched the idea. He had had this idea of like, so the book's called Plants to the Rescue. And it's about like how plant science and, um, you know, new innovations and in plant science and uh, natural sciences and all these things help or are helping with things like climate change and food supply and pollution and all that. And so he'd sort of already sold the basic idea of the book and like, two of the sections and then they were like we need to so they are right now in their stage of sort of development are contracting with authors and illustrators and so they're uh i wrote it sort of as a freelancer they found me actually on tiktok um okay and through my podcast or one of my podcasts and contacted me and were like hey we've got this idea for a book would you um be interested in sending in a writing sample and maybe authoring it for us and so I was like, yeah, you know, I'll take a swing at it. And so they pitched it to you. They did. They pitched the book to me, actually. They found me and I oh, got a, wow. kind of a cold call email. Um, That's saying, pretty hey, wild. Are, are you interested in this? I was like, yeah, okay. And so um, they had, we had, I think, 30 spreads in the book, so 30 different topics. And they'd already sort of landed on three. So I got to come up with the other ones. Um, the illustrator we had was fantastic and, like, he took the idea, like, I'm not that kind of creative. Right. And so like, I had these ideas in my head for what I thought the spread should look like. And I sent him these like really terrible, like three-year-old scratch drawings of things. And um, like, we've seen your videos. We know who oh, really makes those drawings. Yeah, no. Right. Uh, and like rambling descriptions of what I thought should be on the page. And he would send it back. I'm like, this was exactly what was in my head. I don't know how you did this. And so, uh, it, it, it was such a cool process. It took about a year. And um, so now we're kind of on the other side of that. It came out in July and I'm working on two or three more pitches uh, to send to them and a couple of other publishers. So that, that's, that's yeah. so, in, that's so interesting. Cause 
I, I didn't know they would come to someone like with the concept already and try to, and, and that that's because I, I have an idea to like do my like anthology. Like I want to do 2024 start in January and go through like December of next year and do like an anthology, like, like, like journal entries and like pictures to go along with it and do something like that. That's cool. Um, so I would like to hear like Rach, 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 I want to say it right. Uh, tell me, tell me how your process was. So mine was actually um, quite the opposite where I had to pitch to the publishers. So interestingly, what had happened was in 2021, I had written a little piece um, in one of my friend's books um, and she's a gardener and she was publishing her book and she asked a bunch of us, you know, a few gardeners to write a little, um, you know, a chapter or so for her book. So I had written that. And um, I think always at the back of my head, I was, you know, it was something that I always wanted, that I wanted to one day write a book to share my knowledge. And I think that's kind of, you know, what all of us want is to share our knowledge with as many people as possible, right? So, um, so when I wrote that little piece, I think the publishers noticed that and asked um, my friend if I'd be interested in writing a book or, you know, if they could introduce her to me. So she made the introductions, which was so fantastic of her. And um, when I spoke to the publishers, they basically said, Rish, I want you to come up with three ideas for a book. And depending, you know, on what we like and if we like it, we're going to propose it to the board. And, you know, along with a budget uh, potentially for that book. And if they approve, then we will approve of, you know, uh, going forward with your book. So um, last year in April, I think March or April is when I, you know, pitched to them three ideas for a book and one of them they really liked. And of course, you know, and so then they pitched well, to their What were the books. other two? Yeah, tell well, us the other two. <laughs> well, it was on a similar lines, but I think initially the, the book, which is now called Vegetable Gardening Made Easy, um, initially we were thinking of calling it something like, you know, Insta Garden, which is how to, you know, instantly like solve problems in your garden stealing that How right now <laughs> 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 well i have witnesses <laughs> it's all recorded there's the evidence yeah there's, there's no way to hide this unless i edit it out but um that was sort of the idea and then it went on to become this book which was an extension of you know my instagram and social media which is about offering quick solutions and tips for gardening uh, for everyday gardening questions basically because yeah. over the years i've had so many hundreds of questions from my followers and a lot of them ask the same questions about you know why aren't my tomatoes turning red or why aren't my peppers spicy or why are my carrots deformed or, you know, why am I, you know, with seed starting, basically the, the yeah. general questions, you know, that every grower might have at different stages in the gardening cycle. So I try to address that in a, a short, you know, succinct way as possible and created this book, which is Vegetable Gardening Made Easy. So it, I know it comes out December 19th, but now, you know, working with the, um, the PR and it, the, the publishers are Quattro Publishing a Group, and they have released, you know, books of many great gardeners as well, such as, you know, Kevin Espiritu and others. So, um, Who? 
Kevin Espiritu. I'm scared. I'm scared. I, <laughs> should, I we call, should we call no. him Eric? <laughs> yeah, we should call him Eric. <laughs> Eric Gardner. Yeah. Oh, but I do. I, I, I was laughing so hard. I was laughing so hard. You, you so I do that. I, I, there's something psych, like psychologically wrong with me um, because that makes so much sense. And it got me thinking. And I was, I was going to bring this up in the podcast. I thought about this uh, two or three days ago. Um, sometimes when I'm writing stuff down, and this is going to sound so dumb, uh, when I write an R, sometimes I write a five and I don't know if that is a new, like that might be some kind of new, like mental illness or something like, <laughs> or, like writing a number instead of a letter. But then, but then I got to thinking about it. I was like, you know five is like the R of numbers when you think about it, you know, when you really think about it. And it's, and so it, it also makes sense. Like with Epic. I think you have a book it, idea right there. Dude. Yeah. Five is the R of five numbers. Is the R of numbers. Five, five is the R of numbers. It's, it's so whenever, whenever I saw that with, with Kevin, I was like, dude, I totally thought it was Eric gardening at first. I, 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 I don't know what, like our eyes are connected to our brains, but not that strongly sometimes. You You'd know? be surprised what <laughs> you could do over repetition of enough times to create a neural pathway to continually do it. But that would be oh, my yeah. nerdy science way of thinking about it. Yeah. Well, I, I, I watch a lot of house as well. So like, you know, there's, there's something, there's something going on with me. I don't know. Fives are not ours, but there is, they're as close as numbers go. You know, <laughs> I like the lyrics that are coming in for this song you're gonna write. Yeah, now. I think yeah. you've got something here. That's I definitely, think an, er, it's an early 2000s emo song. Fives are not the R's, but uh, I don't. Uh, I I have. I, I'm going. I've got your uh, your book in my car. I'm gonna pre-order it as well. I'm. I'm yeah. I'm a big book buyer. I'm not always the biggest book reader, <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm one of those people that were like, if I've got a book on my shelf, people think I'm smart. You know, so like it's it's always so if if you want to look smart and look like you know how to garden, make sure to buy Rache, Rache's book. And then if you have if you have kids and you're like a like a hipster organic person, you definitely want to get Vikram's kids book as well. You definitely want to get that as well. I, yeah. I, and I and I'll make sure to put links for both of y'all's books at the bottom as well. Thank I appreciate you. It. I appreciate no, it so much. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, the book process. Thank That's you. That's so exciting. Congrats. That's super cool. Yeah. Really that is so You know, cool. to be honest, um, in 2020, March of 2020, I had about 350 followers on Instagram. Um, and, wow. And the whole journey of going from that to being here, to being able to write a book, having an audience and, you know, doing what I love, essentially turning your hobby and your passion into, you know, um, into work that actually you know energizes you every morning i think we're lucky to be able to do that uh, oh, truly. absolutely and absolutely. In, in our small way by growing whatever we can i think we're making an impact um on this planet you know and even if it's the smallest way but that makes a difference i think every drop makes an ocean so i'm just no, so happy absolutely. to be over here today with all of That's you awesome I, 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 I love the way you talk, Rich. I love the, I love the way, like, I love the things that come out of your mouth. Like, it's, everything is so sweet. Like, <laughs> Thank I, you. I, I wish I was, I'm going to try to be nicer, you know, this, this <laughs> week, just from, just from some of the things that you've said this week, like every drop makes an ocean. Like, that is a beautiful scene. That is a beautiful, 
just a caveat. I have two kids, so I have to speak this way too. Oh, there you <laughs> go. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, I don't have any kids. I just got a dog and uh, my wife. And so when I, if I cuss outside with my garden, the plants don't care usually. But if there was, if there were children around, I'd have to be a little more careful. Um, no, that's so exciting. Uh, the like you were saying, it's so cool. I was gonna say it's like the American dream, but it's really like the worldwide dream um, with being able to influence. I hate the word influencer. That you word, don't. that mm. word makes me go ick, like mm -hmm. on the inside. Me when, someone calls, when someone calls me, when someone calls me an influencer, it makes me want to like throw up. Uh, so I'm I'm a content creator, is what I say. I'm a gardening That's what content. I, say. I like that. Yeah. Um, so mm -hmm. it's it's so cool that anybody can do it. Like literally, if you put the time and energy in, um, focus. Like, how many times have y'all gone back and saw like one of your first videos, and it just, <laughs> ma it just makes you cringe? I try not to. <laughs> oh, I try my best never to oh. see those. Dude, I'm in the middle all... of that right now. You guys are way ahead of me, and like some of these videos, I'm like. These people like Dude. I have like these dedicated. I only have like five hundred right now on YouTube. Instagram is my bread and butter, but like I have dedicated followers, and I was like, wow, I guess they do like it's, oh, it's cool. A, you get those five dedicated people that like keep <laughs> going and they all they comment on everything. Dude. Yeah, it all oh, starts somewhere. It's somebody's well, grandma, dude. So, so with tomorrow being Thanksgiving, I actually started YouTube two years ago on Thanksgiving, so it's oh, my wow. two year yeah. anniversary. So So I actually filmed a video today and I posted my very first video in that video. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> so, awesome. I got to yeah. that. Yeah. But Phil, I will say like the very first person who commented on my videos was this sweet girl named Melissa and she still comments today and I, you know, it's like we're basically friends now, right? Because it's so cool. you know, they they get involved in your life and then you get involved in their life and it's just it's so funny. So these five these first five hundred that are watching your YouTube videos, they're yeah. they're the important ones. You know what they, I mean? That, that's your core. That's your yeah. core. It's my core yeah. audience. And it's I am getting relationships with them and that's been really cool. And like even doing all of this in the past year has brought me like Rish, you could say it so eloquently. These all these drops are kind of accumulating into yeah. a body of water now, and you're uh, accumulating them, them drops, bro. I'm accumulating <laughs> drops with my figs. <laughs> but yes, it's uh, circling it back. It's it's been a very appreciative. It's like when you were saying content creator, I was like almost like inspirer because there's it's all out there. And so it's like yeah, just showing that, like even that sounds gross to me. I don't want to be an inspire. Okay. I think that's I, that I, yeah. I, I, I like inspire. Yeah. yeah. Because I think that, I mean, I don't know about you all, but what I'm doing is just trying to inspire people not to be afraid to go out into the garden. It's, we all fail. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and so we're, I'm just trying to inspire everyone to, to get out there and just to start doing it and to find the joy in gardening. So I do think it's, it's inspiration, you know, even oh, if it I, sounds a little iffy, but I do, I think that that's a big part of it. And I think it's an important part of it, you know? No, I, I think it's all about perception. You know, like, like when I first started out, I started on YouTube and I'd spend all day making YouTube videos and then I would spend all night editing and my videos would get like 20 views, you know? Uh -huh. And I was like, is the juice, I was like, is the juice worth the squeeze? And so I met a buddy and he told me about TikTok and I was like, well, he, he said, you know, make the same videos you're making on your YouTube, but do them like in a 60 second clip. And I was like, okay. 
And so I, I hit like, you know, a couple hundred thousand on uh, 185,000 on TikTok. And oh, I was like, wow. let's, let's, let's move it over because the, if you have, so like I've got 185,000 on TikTok over a hundred something thousand, it doesn't translate to other platforms as well. Like mm-hmm. I, I've, I've noticed that like you have to focus like your energy, like, like whenever I post a video on Instagram, it goes on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. I was doing Pinterest for a while too. Like that, that is an untapped market as well. Pinterest yeah. is very untapped. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, Vikram, get on Pinterest, dude. They, they'll love your stuff. Um, but it, it's uh, it's funny how I've kind of made a full, a full circle back to YouTube, wanting to make more long form videos, just because uh, I feel like I can get more information now i can get uh it's the videos seem to be easier to edit when you're not constrained to a 60 second clip yeah yeah. for sure um and you're and trying to force all that info into a 60 second clip is is super difficult and then you get all the questions afterwards which which is kind of nice because that's engagement when you're getting the comments down below you know asking a million things uh but i feel more accomplished when i like do a video to completion on YouTube, making like a, a start to finish video there. So you, you it know takes what's me funny? the same amount of time to do a reel, to edit a reel and get it all filmed as it does a regular YouTube video. Hmm. Yeah. Just because hmm, I, yeah, wow. things, right? I can't get it, you know, and I'll have to say the same thing eight times to make it super fast, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> it's it, honestly, YouTube, you can just sit and you can just talk and, you know, Two cuts, you're done. So, yep. Mm-hmm. You know what's when I when I started doing this. So, I, you know, I'm an educator and a science communicator, and that's been most of my career. You're a doctor. Like, yeah, doc, doctor, educator, plant guy, whatever. Uh, I kill a lot of plants. I'm not a good like. I think I said this last time. I'm a bad plant doctor, but it's okay. <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I teach college students, and I've done sci- science communication for most of my career. And so, when I started getting more into, you know posting on social media and stuff, I was like, I'm just going to do silly, goofy little things. And so I yell about bananas and stuff, but I found that I like, can't help it. Like I, I still started gravitating back towards like, I need to do education. Like, this is what I do. This mm-hmm. is like who I am. But it, it's funny talking, hearing you talk about editing. Cause like I put, to, I, I, the other day was like, I'm going to try to make a baking video. Cause why not? And so I made this video of me, baking cookies and it took an offensive amount of time to like film and edit it always does. because I don't know what I'm doing. Like I was just <laughs> like, ah. yeah. And it got like, you know, 2,500 views or something. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, fine. And then I posted this dumb throwaway video. That's 18 seconds long about <laughs> it, I stitched this like tiramisu drawer is a restaurant and they have a drawer full of tiramisu. And I was like, I want this in my house. And it has 12 million views on Instagram now. Wow. It has these, pe- <laughs> these people that are following me are going to be real disappointed with like the rest of my content. Yeah. So, yeah. so one thing you're going to, one thing you're going to notice is views do not translate to followers. Mm-hmm. Views do not always translate to right. followers. Um, you're going to do some videos for you and then you're going to do some videos for views. You know, that, that baking video, you made it, you spent a lot of time, you took pride in it, you edited it the way you want it. That video was for you and it looked good and you were happy with the end product. And that's something that you should be proud of. You know, the 12 million views stitch, 
that's awesome. If, if you're monetized, awesome. Um, you know, but you yeah. know, th- 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 I mean, how many followers have you gained from the 12? I mean, probably a couple. Uh, uh, about 3,000, actually. Like, that's, it's that's it's been bad. decent. Yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. But it doesn't always translate to getting a bunch of followers on the, on, you know, no. but no, it, it definitely. But I, I, I found that I'm more focused on doing videos that I like and videos that I want to do. And I'm happy with the end product. And then people enjoy it as well. You know, the people that are like, like, Lane, like Janie was saying, uh, if you have that core audience, they want to yeah. see that product mm-hmm. that you make because they are along for the ride with you, mm-hmm. you know? So it's all about doing what you want to do. And then finding the people that appreciate what you're doing. Being genuine. I mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. finding that, that thing that makes you pump, get pumped up where you're gardening for three yeah. hours and get lost in it. And then yeah. realize like, that's what people want to see. And I, that's, that's really what kind of what's people been see. Yeah. My husband and I, we um, we used to watch this show called Chasing Classic Cars. Have, has any of you seen that? It, it's this, I have, yeah. It's this random show where this guy loves old cars, right? And we are not car people. We're not fans. And we realized we were watching it because he loved the cars so much. And he got so excited about this random car, what you know, and you could just see the joy in this guy's face. And so both my husband and I like realized that that's why we were watching that video. So every once in a while, I'll do a video and I'll get really excited about it. And my husband will say, like, you're like the chasing classic car guy. Like, yeah. the, you know, and it's that's like, cool. I know exactly what he means because I know I'm super excited about whatever I'm talking about. And I feel like those videos hit the the deepest with everybody because you truly are really passionate about what you're talking about. Yeah. Passion is infectious. Yeah. And I think as, yeah. as communicators, as educators and stuff, maybe that's really our job is like, yeah. you can look stuff up. Like I, I tell my students all the time, like you can look up whatever you want, like all yeah. the time, but like you, the, your phone won't necessarily give you like a passion for the topic. Like you need right. to don't trust Wikipedia. Know how to care about it. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> and like coming from you, from like, like I remember in graduate school and we would do geology school is fun because you get to go on field trips a lot, but like having your professor in the weeds with you and the dirt digging with you. And like some of those professors make or break a class for you and having those ones that are like authentically pumped up about the stratigraphy of an outcropping in West Virginia. You're like, I'm in too. Let's do it. I study oceans, but cool. Let's do it. You just said a bunch of words. You said a lot of words just now. (laughs) <laughs> my background is in geology and and uh, coastal no, engineering. But... Really? <laughs> he is he is the South Carolina surfing Randy nope. Marsh. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, anyway, you guys are also um, totally right. <laughs> and thanks. <fix. laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, th- there's a, probably a bunch of fig recipes that you could be doing right now, Phil, with a bunch of like. I've seen like some some fig quiches and fig fig tarts and stuff oh that people God. do for Thanksgiving. Well, so I had a chef my, come my over kids, and we. Oh. So sorry, gosh. Phil. Just you know, talking about figs, my kids are yeah. going to be making these crostinis with some oh, fig jam, which I wish I was doing figs, you know, mm. over here. But crostinis with fig jam you and can. cheese. can. They'll send you some. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get you. I'll hook you up. Thank you. <laughs> my parents up in Pennsylvania have like way more trees than they thought they'd ever have now, but. Wow. Um, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, some figs will be fine in uh, in New Jersey. I mean, what zone yeah. are you in? Did your zone change? 
Oh, you should get bumped my, up. Yeah. So I, well, technically up until last month, I believe I was zone 6B. And now the USDA says that I'm zone 7, which is, you know, wonderful. But, um, you know, I do wish we get a good amount of snow, at least, you know, this December, yeah. nevertheless. Um, but I, yeah, a lot of people do do, I mean, not, a lot of people do grow figs over here. Um, but you have to bring them indoors if you can, you know, over the yeah. winter. Otherwise, uh, yep. they won't survive. Yeah. Citrus yep, exactly. is... Yeah, I wish I could. Um, I wish I had the space. Maybe one day. Yeah, never say never. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. that's the hook. We, yeah, I, I mean, figs, I think what gets figs in colder climates is they can go dormant, right? It's But what mm -hmm. happens is in that springtime, when you start getting warm, there's sap flows. And that's what, when they have a sharp freeze after the sap starts flowing, that's what really knocks them out and they can't oh, come back from. Like a late freeze, like that comes like a late after freeze, it's like, warm. oh, it's spring. And you're like, no, no, not yet. And they're like, no, I got this. I'm like, no, you don't. And then <laughs> they bite the dust hard. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of varieties can come back from the ground. There's some hardy ones called Mount Etna's from Mount Etna in Sicily where the, the, they originated, but... Yeah, there's Phil, I'm going to, Phil, I'm going to connect with you because I love figs and definitely I would love some guidance from you on that. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually connected with the, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I connected with a chef here and we went and we just tasted figs as we were walking around. And what he brought up, like actually drying out the fig leaf and using that because you can make teas and things with it and putting, yeah. incorporating that into mm. your focaccia bread and then interlaying Ooh. the fig on top. And so, and he would, and then you could actually like sear the top of the fig and you go through like all the stages of the plant covering all the flavor profiles. So you're like, wow, you're bitter, That's you're savory, that is... you're sweet. That's awesome. And have wow. kind of like I'm a secret that ingredient. That is incredible. Yeah, oh, so do good. a cooking video with him on your YouTube <laughs> channel. To. Yeah, I want to see that. I want to see that. I got a ton of fig leaves here. I got to do something with them. <laughs> well, and oh. I, I, Phil, you are far too handsome not to be on more YouTube videos. Um, <laughs> you know, I have one follower. She's my wife. She says that every day. So. Oh, must be, must be my, my, my wife's mean as hell so I'm, you're lucky dude <laughs> listen my wife's got some muscle because i'm such a nice guy i was like listen i need someone that'll like back me up in a fight and she's beautiful and she will not take anyone's shit for me so it's a win-win oh, i mean job. everyone's stuff for me sorry good job phil i gotta bleep one word in the whole podcast good job man one minute 17 seconds oh my god <laughs> Oh my God. Well, guys, I don't want to hold you up any longer. Uh, before we leave, uh, we'll, we'll go counterclockwise again. Raish, uh, tell us one thing you're, you're thankful for and where everybody can follow you. And here you go. Go ahead. Um, the thing that I'm most thankful for is my family. Um, this is the first time um, after many, many years that my parents are visiting me from India. So, oh, so I'm cool. super, super so grateful awesome. that they're here and um, just to have everyone together. So I'm super thankful for my family, of course, and for my garden. And um, you can follow me on Instagram at Raish Gala. And um, you can also find me on YouTube at Raish Gala as well. And apart from that, um, I have my website, which is www.raishgala.com. So, um, and I have a book. I hope, you know, everyone who's listening um, uh, pre-orders it or orders it um, as well. It's called Vegetable Gardening Made Easy. I will Thank put you. Links for, I'll put links for everything down in the description. 
And just as wanted well. to say a big thank you to all of you out here as well. So it was lovely oh, meeting you all. Absolutely. We'll have to get you back on again. I, I love uh, I love getting new people on with different backgrounds and different geographic locations. Uh, I hope if they came from all the way from India, they're not just staying for Thanksgiving. They're staying for a little bit longer, right? Yes, you know, they'll like be when... here till Jan at least. <laughs> okay, good, good. Well, see, that's, good. A long, that's a long flight just to come in for two days. Like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh I, I was going to ask this earlier because I know some of like our American holidays – coincide with like other cultures holidays are there any like indian holidays that like are close around thanksgiving or anything like that so we just recently uh on november 12th which is you know close enough we celebrated diwali which is oh. the festival of lights you know i've seen the um, office i know yeah <laughs> so it is absolutely my one of my most favorite you know festivals as well so <laughs> that's awesome no that's right. cool oh no i know that one yeah, absolutely. Everybody, if you've seen The Office, you know all about Diwali. Yeah. Well, well, happy, happy late Diwali as well. Thank, Thank you, you very much. I appreciate you coming on, Raish. Thank Phil? You. Phil? Hey, everyone. Oh, the thing what I'm thankful, thankful for most. For? My family. Don't my family say family figs. As well. No, absolutely not. not they, they, <laughs> everything's second to family. Um, this is the best time of year. It, it's a time for reflection. And so, and just being together and reflecting on all the family moments I've had. I used to travel a lot for work, flying up and down for beaches and, and it pulled my heartstrings a lot. And so now that I am not in that sphere, I relish every day I get to be with my family. So ultimately thankful for that. Uh, dude, I, I can totally, I can totally relate dude. I, I used to travel so much for work. Um, I got into a position where I worked seven days on and seven days off. And that's when yeah. I started making videos. And now I'm now I have three day weekend every weekend, which is so nice. That's so it's so nice for content, being able to spend time more time with family. I found that working mo more overtime, working more hours, you're gonna make more money, but it doesn't equate to quality time. Mm -hmm. Um at the at the end of the day, that company is gonna replace you the next day. Um so uh, absolutely. I, I agree. M more time at home is better off. I appreciate that. And the core memories that we're getting to have more and more of now in the past year uh, has been tremendous. And actually, Don't you start switched... crying on me, Phil. Don't you start <laughs> crying on me, dude. I can cry if I want to. But, uh, yeah, let it rip. But, you know, that's been the biggest standout for what I'm thankful for this year, for sure. And having Thanksgiving and... is a great time to really showcase that. Yeah. And that beautiful new baby. And my beautiful new Aww. daughter, Tallulah. Yeah. She's, she's, not on the, she's not on the podcast this week. I love that name. She, she was on it last week. I know, but she she got a little fussy. She made it like the whole episode almost, but she was she's a sweetheart. She, she's the sweetest candy. Um, well, thanks yeah, thanks again, Phil. I, you're you're a, you're a weekly staple on the podcast. And I appreciate I, hearing that, even though I pushed my boundaries today, coming in so late. I really apologize. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're good. Hey. I accept your apology. No, I'm just kidding. Thank Shut you. up. Shut <laughs> up. No, well, it's not a problem. What's your YouTube? What's your YouTube? Yeah, I'm on Figs. So PhilsFigs.com. I'm on YouTube. It's just PhilsFigs. And Instagram, PhilsFigs. Are fig um, cuttings available right now on PhilsFigs.com? Not yet. In a few weeks in December. Uh, if you want to know, I've been sending out newsletters through PhilsFigs.com so you can get on that email list. There you and go. And then I, I keep tips and keep you. I'm a coach through that. So get on there and I'll coach you through how to grow your own figs. In the I will me prune the heck out of that tree. So <laughs> don't you worry. Thank you. In, in the spring, will we get a fig daddy shirt? 
oh yes, Fig Daddy shirts in the works, some other funny things to figure out over the winter for figs. We're going to be on all the swag, so. Absolutely. Well, well thanks again, Phil. Love you, dude. Love Go you ahead, too. Jamie. Um, so, of course, I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful they're healthy. We've had health issues this past week, so I'm thankful they're healthy. Um, but, you know, beyond that, I am super thankful that I discovered gardening because I don't, I honestly don't know where I would be right now if I didn't find that outlet that I needed mentally and physically and emotionally, right? If that makes sense. Like I, I'm, oh, just absolutely. So, I'm so thankful that I took the time to step outside and get my hands dirty and, and try and grow something because it completely changed ev absolutely everything in my life and in my family's life. So I'll always be thankful for that. So no, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I don't have uh, kids or anything like that. Um, and so people ask me like, Hey, how do you find all the time to do all this stuff? So, well, I don't have kids, so I can't imagine what people do how they do it with their kids and stuff. Uh, but I'm just like you, like being outside is my therapy being in the yeah. garden is like, like even when I get home from work, if I've just got an hour of sunlight, I go out there and I'm propagating, I'm starting seeds, I'm watering. Um, time in the garden is not time wasted no, at all. Not at all. No. Yeah. Very important. Um, so as for my channel, my channel is dig, plant, water, repeat. Everyone's going to forget that. that. I know. Yeah. <laughs> But I, lo I love um, that. So, so YouTube is my main, my 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 baby. It's my go-to. Um, so find me on YouTube, but then I'm also on Instagram. I'm pretty sure I'm on TikTok. I think I repo I, I repost. I haven't reposted in a while to TikTok. And then I'm actually starting to dive into Facebook a little bit, which is shocking. But it's I'm actually starting to post on there and get a little bit a little bit of a following there too, which has been interesting and fun. Because I used to be like no Facebook, so mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah. Hang around after I stop record recording, and I'll tell you all about Facebook. Oh, I'll tell okay. you. Okay, I'll tell you all yeah. about Facebook. The tea. All right. I'll just so, let you know if you're a content creator and you're not putting content on Facebook, you are missing out. Right. That's what I heard. That's what That's I heard. Right. So now I'm I'm like Facebook, you know. <laughs> so um, <laughs> so yeah. Zuckerberg. So, yeah. Right. <laughs> so, so, uh, I, I do want to say though, is that, um, I am a novice veggie gardener. My, actually one of my goals for this year is to up my veggie gardening game because my passion is flowers. That's really, really what I love. But now that I have this bigger property, I went from 0.17 of an acre to about an acre. And so now wow. I actually have room to plant the butternut squash and the corn and all that kind of stuff. So I that's see my... seeds already started behind you. Flowers. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with <laughs> that. Lots, lots of flowers. <laughs> you should have even better success because of all the pollinators. Well, see, that's the thing is that it's so important. Like my uncle's a huge veggie gardener. And once he started planting flowers, he said that his veggie garden went crazy because yep. he had so many pollinators. So, yeah. I, I I think it makes a difference. So absolutely, one hundred percent, Mr. Vikram, Doctor Vikram. <laughs> uh, I was thankful for uh, honestly today just a day to, to get to spend baking with my wife and hanging out with my son and 
being lazy and like wearing sweatpants all day. It was great. And uh, we have a bunch of family in town, so we're going to get to see them tomorrow. So uh, just uh, like Phil was saying, like that time's so precious. And, you know, I blinked and my son's eight and I don't know how that happened. And so like, or almost eight, he's seven, but almost eight. And uh, so getting to just hang out for a day when there's nothing else going on, is kind of really cool. No, uh, for, really for important. Sure, yeah. And uh, so I am the plant prof pretty much everywhere. Facebook, again, eh. I'm, I don't do a whole lot on there. I accidentally turned my personal profile into a creator profile. I don't know how I did that. I clicked the wrong thing. Uh, and I have way more people on there just under my name than I do on like actually the plant prof. But uh, so I do Facebook. I've got a YouTube channel that I have badly neglected. Um, but mostly I do uh, TikTok and Instagram. And, uh, again, my book plants to the rescue and I was digging around for it earlier, but it's, it's backwards, dude. but it's, oh, fun. it's so pretty. And like, dude. again, the illustrations are just, just so gorgeous awesome, man. and, Aww, uh, so good. So it's available all the places. Yeah. I'm going to get that. Uh, I have an eight and a 10 year old. So I think they would uh, love it. And that's like, right. It's, uh, written for like eight to 12 year olds. So that's, perfect. that's perfect. Oh, nice. And, uh, I have a couple of podcasts. One called, one is called Plantropology. And I interview like plant scientists and and people in the industry and the students. The best name the I've ever heard. I can't <laughs> love that dude. I, I love, love that pun, name, dude. You know? I love that. Uh, I also am the co-host of a podcast called In the Grow, uh, where we talk about gardening on a budget and then just whatever else we can talk think of. Oh. And um, it's they're both available everywhere. And if you're in my area, you can also listen to In the Grow on NPR on Friday mornings. Oh, wow. Um, oh, yeah, NPR. That's awesome. Dang. So it's through, I, I work I, I work on it or record it with a, a producer at our local uh, NPR affiliate uh, through our university. It's housed in our university. It's and right so, there next to the Tiny Desk concert. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> no, like you were saying, like, this is like, um, what I've come to find, like what, I, what I've come to realize about like the holidays and this time, not only is it a time to spend quality time with the family, um, it's a time to like squish beefs. It's a time to, um, you know, like I've got a grandpa with dementia who's been hospitalized a couple of times, you know, like you might be saying, you might be seeing him for the last time, you know, like, you know, spend that real quality time and getting those last moments with people or starting fresh with other people as well. You know, it's it's such a, a good time and a good opportunity to see those people that you haven't seen in a while and maybe just biting the bullet and being the person that says sorry first or, you know, stuff that you don't like to do. You know, I, I know I'll, I'll be doing that this weekend. Uh, oh, so. good for you. <laughs> nice. Good for you. But That's great. That's awesome. No, but absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm thankful for uh, – I would say the family and all the stuff and I am, uh, but I'm definitely thankful as well to the gardening community. Um, I've, um, I've gotten to meet a lot of people and I'll continue to meet new people as well as we bring people through the podcast. And I hope all y'all will come back on an episode at one point. Um, you know, how open everyone is to come on and talk about what they got going on and discuss their personal experiences uh, with content creation and gardening in general. And I just want to say thank you all so much for coming on tonight. You could be doing a million things right now. You could be watching uh, New Girl like I was before I got on, you know. Um, oh. So 
on grocery <laughs> shopping. <laughs> oh, grocery no. shopping. Oh, I'm so We're sorry. We're going with Spider-Man to get pizza. <laughs> oh, man, dude. Dude, that makes me want to get a Spider-Man costume, honestly. Like, uh, I, don't, I don't know if they make them in my size, but I'll get one. Uh, but sure thank they, they definitely I'm, do. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Sp- Spider-Garden guy. spider there's something there. Yeah, there's something there. Is. there. All right. Well, I appreciate y'all coming on. I will put links and everything down in the description so people can go buy your books, follow you. Uh, thank y'all so much for coming on, and I really appreciate it. Thank you for having thank us. You. Thank, you so thank you guys. For having us. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to meet you all.